Good morning. I um, need some helpers. So if you would like to come and help me, if you want to come to the back, and I've got some tasks for you to dress up in, and we'll be doing something about it in a little bit. There's a huge amount of children here, so if you're a bit older and you just want to join in for fun, you can as well. just want to add my welcome to you. If you're here on holiday, you're very welcome. Well done for getting rid of the rain, bringing the sunshine back. Um, it's great to see you. Uh, Steve and Zoe are helping us this morning, leading us through. So if anyone wants to dress up or even go and look at what's on option to dress up, you can, you can decide. <clears throat> um, just to say, uh, there's not lots of notices um, I think everyone knows if you're a regular here, we often on the first Sunday of the month we have a lunch because it's, uh, uh, it's the holidays just at the moment, so we're not having a lunch today, but great to see you. You're very welcome. Uh, we're here each Sunday through, through August. We're going to be here. We're continuing to look at the Psalms. Um, just, just to say for uh, one or two of you, again with children, over the next... Shh, at the back there. No, it's right. They're, they're dressing up. It's okay. But just to say, over the next two or three Sundays, we haven't got pre-arranged children's work. Um, we're letting our children's team have a bit of a break. Um, they've been serving very faithfully through this whole last term. So we will have some colouring sheets. We will have pencils. But if mums and dads want to bring one or two extra bits, please uh, feel free to to do that as well, but uh, just to say over the next two or three weeks there won't be official children's work and then we'll get going again in September. Anyway, Steve, over to you. Okay, thank you. Am I turned on? Hello. I'm getting a thumbs up from the back. The light is on, but nobody's home. Any luck? Yes? Okay, good. Let me add my welcome. There will be a bit of noise from the kids in the first few minutes, but then we'll get them down to the front and they'll be... But the idea is that this is going to be child suitable. So if you're a child, anyone under the age of fully 25 counts. And, you <laughs> and if you struggle to concentrate, there are lots of pictures. So if you find yourself nodding off, once the pictures come up, we'll get you back in and you can concentrate again, hopefully. So can you put a slide up for us, please, Jess? And yes, great. So worship that God wants is the subject that we've got today. It's going to be a bit of a double act between me and Zoe. But um, when we're basing it, of course, in the scriptures, there's a few psalms, but to be honest, there's so many psalms here, and there's other bits in the Bible as well. We've taken the liberty to dot around a bit with the topic. Now, what can we say about this? If you could jump to the next slide. Worship is a massive topic, and we're no, by no means going to cover it in today's talk. We're going to scratch the surface of some bits that I feel God is bringing today. It's also something that covers so much of life. You know, there's, there's our individual worship, what we do, you know, at home when we're, you know, in our quiet times during our day. There's, there's our whole lives as worship. There's corporate worship where we kind of come together and we do church together. And then there's kind of the whole creation is worship. You know, there's, there's an element that all creation glorifies God. Massive topic. We're going to mainly focus on the corporate bit, the bit in the middle. But as you can see, I'm an engineer, so I had to draw a bell curve. There's... Part of that bell curve covers other bits. So there's going to be bits that's applicable to all of this. But the general gist of it is what we do together in a church, when we meet together on Sundays, in small groups, and th things like that. And actually, if we, if we jump to the next slide, there's three questions that we're trying to answer here. And hopefully by the end of it, you'll know 
all of this. So who can worship, number one? Who do we worship? I know what you're thinking and you're right, but we'll get there. And third, how do we worship? So kind of these three different topics, who can worship, who do we worship, how do we worship? But before we get into the kids' bit, we are going to read a psalm together, which is we're going to base the first part of the talk in this Psalm 24, which says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. And then next slide. Lift your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Okay, Zoe, do you want to bring the kids forward? Let's see how this goes. <laughs> oh. Thanks. Okay, so I've got my helpers. More people than I thought were here, actually. Um, so what we've got to do is, if, if you can have up on the screen the first little brown scroll thing. Yep, sir. Great. Who do we think is ready for cooking a meal? What? So one of you is ready for cooking a meal. <laughs> who, who is that, then? Is it you, Isaac? Yeah, you look like you're ready for cooking a meal. Got your apron on and your utensils. Okay, next one. Going to a ball. Who's going to a ball? Well, Simi has a ball, but who's going to a ball? <laughs> <laughs> you think Max is? Oh, yeah, it's looking quite dapper. I think it might be you. Are you going to a ball? No, not at the moment. Are you dressed to go to a ball? Yeah. You are? Okay. It is too small. I did get these out and thought, hmm, you look a bit big for this now. Okay, next one. Uh, playing football? Simeon, you ready to play football? Yeah, great. Oh! Good kick. More of that later. Uh, building a house. That looks like it might be you. Got your tape measure and your hard hat. Don't think you quite have the right sort of shoes. They might get squashed, but yeah. No, I couldn't find our high vis at home either. Okay, next one. Fighting crime. Is that you, Elliot? I did put the Batman suit out and I wondered which one would get chosen, but Elliot's gone for policemen. <laughs> uh, next. Going out in the rain. Levi, you've got an umbrella and a nice waterproof coat. Why did you choose them for going out in the rain? Because it's wet and they're going to keep you dry. Sensible choice. Okay, next one. Going to bed. Who's ready for bed? Diella, are you ready for bed? You've got your dressing gown and your teddy. You look very snuggly. Good choice. Now, what's the next one? 
Oh, what if I'd given you this one, worshipping God? How would you have got ready for that? You don't know. Simeon, Simeon, can you just... Well, let me read the psalm. Let's show you. Shall we see what it says? How do we prepare to worship God? It says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? So that's saying, who can come to God? Who can come and worship him, be near to him? And it says, The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. And I think that's talking about not what we look out like on the outside, not the things that we've put on, but what's on the inside, our attitude, our thoughts, and how that affects what we do, and how we trust in God, and he wants us to come to him if we have a, when we have a pure heart and we're trusting in him. But I don't know about you, but I know that that's very hard to do. I always get distracted by lots of things, and I think about things I shouldn't do, and I'm running around, I'm not thinking about God as my number one priority, So how do we do that? Well, here in Psalm 96, it says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. And in David's time, the man who wrote this psalm, what they would do is they'd bring an animal as a sacrifice to be the punishment for when they didn't do things right so that they could come and worship God. But we don't do that now. I think Steve might talk to us a bit about how that's relevant to us now. Yeah, great. Thank you. You can go and take your clothes off. Uh, Put them back at the club. Yeah. Dressing up clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and put it on stand. So, thank you, kids. So, so, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. So Zoe's talked a little bit about how they would do that back then, how David would have done it. He would have made sacrifices. There's all these laws written about what he, can, what, what he should do. How do we do it now? You know, we're out of that time. We don't make sacrifices. In the next slide, we have another verse. This is from Hebrews. And this is talking about how we can purify our hearts. So it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So this is the very answer to that question. How can we be pure? God wants us to be pure to come to worship him. How can we be pure? We can be pure by trusting in Jesus. It says there that we can be, you know, we have the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled, that means that we are covered not by the blood of an animal, but by the blood of Jesus from when Jesus died to us. This is how we can be pure. We can be pure by trusting in Jesus to take our, take our sacrifice um, for us. So, next slide. Who can worship? The answer is we can all worship, but make sure you're prepared correctly. <laughs> we don't come to God lightly. We don't come here just with the mess of our lives. We don't come there here with sins that we're just openly doing. We come before God confessing our sins, we come before God believing in Jesus and accepting his purification. You know, just like these children dressed up for certain tasks, we, need to make, we can all worship God, but we need to make sure that we're right with God before we do so. So, Zoe, I think it's your bit again. Okay, can I have the next? So when Steve came to me and he said he wanted to do Psalm 24 and focus on worship that God wants, I thought, okay, great. 
you look enthusiastic and passionate. You've got lots to say. Um, write it down. Let me know what you're thinking. And then I read through the psalm and I said, what's this bit about? The lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up your ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. And he said, I don't really know, but I'm not focusing on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay. And then earlier this week when we were going through the slides, um, I was reminded... Actually, I might read the psalm first, actually. I'm going to lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord almighty, he is the king of glory. And I was reading that, and I was reminded of... Can I have the picture? Thank you. I was reminded of these Balawak gates. Um, they're Assyrian gates, and we saw them at Easter in the British Museum. They are massive. A person, if a person was standing next to them, they'd probably come up to not even the second strip of metal, the stripe that you can see in the picture. Um, and they were built about 100 years after David. But in David's time, their cities would be walled cities with big gates probably like this, similar sort of thing. Um, they were defensive, they were to protect the people living inside the city. And thinking about this, this psalm started to make a bit more sense to me. And I was, um, and there was kind of two things that jumped out at me, so I want to share them. Now, um, so the ancient gates, massive doors, probably city gates. Um, but a gate is there to be opened. These wouldn't have been opened very often because they want to keep the city safe. They probably had a smaller door somewhere for when they just one person went out. Um, <laughs> but it says here, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up your ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And it struck me that God doesn't just barge his way in. We have to open up our gates and invite him in. It's a choice that we have to make. So it's saying, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. So the gates that are there to protect the people, but once we open them up and invite God in, he is the one that's mighty in battle. He's the one fighting the battles when we open up through worshipping him. And secondly, these gates are massive. They're hard to move. They're really ancient. It's not going to be easy. And so we're encouraged to worship, even if it's not easy, especially if it's not easy. God wants us to come and make that choice to choose to worship him. Okay, so that's so. Let's come to the next slide then. Um, so, who do we worship? Of course, we worship God. That's the easy answer. But why do we worship God? You know, why is God? Why do we worship God? You know, who, who is this person that we worship? And I'm just going to quickly jump through some of the slides because I mean, we, this this is. A, I think there is actually a sermon here. I think Paul Russ next week. next week. If you want this in more detail, next week. But I've got four reasons that we worship God. One is that God is the Creator. Right, this is Psalm 96, verse 6. Come, let us bow down in, in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. The Lord, the Lord gave us life. He created us. He made us who we are. He made our uniqueness. He made our, um, he, everything, and he holds it together. Yeah, that, that, that's worthy of worship in, in itself. God is our saviour. Psalm 68, verse 8. Praise be to the Lord, our God and our saviour, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. 
I love how that linked in with what Sue was saying. You know, God is the God of life and the God of death. He can, hold, he can hold us from, you know, death. We love that one day we will go and meet him in heaven. You know, we know that that's part of it. We know that there's new life. But we also love life as well. We celebrate the fact that uh, this was not Sue's time, that there was healing there, that she came, came back from there. God is the God that saves us from death, saves us from our sins and the pun- punishment that comes from our sins as well. So we praise God because he's our saviour. We praise God in the next slide because he is Lord. And Jess, got to say, you're absolutely on the, on the button with these slides. Love it. You're like there before me most of the time. So thank you. So who do we worship? We worship the Lord of all. In Psalm 95, verse 3, For the Lord is the great God, the, the great King above all gods. He is sovereign. He is over absolutely everything. Yeah, who else is there to worship? There is no other God above him. He is, the very, very, he is absolutely higher than anything. And then finally on this one, the God who is worthy. Revelation 4, so I jumped to Revelation, so sorry about that, 10 and 11. 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay crowns, their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So he's worthy. What worthy means is he's deserving of it. The actual dictionary definition is having or showing the qualities that deserve the specific action or regard. So what the Bible tells us here is God is deserving. He's the only one that's deserving of our praise because he's perfect, because of who he is, because he's the Lord. So that's who we worship, and as you say, plenty more next week on that. But now we're going to jump into what does worship look like. And I've got a few pictures here of things, and I want you to think, don't shout out because we, you know, but but, what do we think? I've got some images of what worship could look like. Here's one of them. Who knows where this is, this next first one? Yeah, see, it's a picture, so you need to uh, concentrate. This is your bit. Go on, Isaac, where's this? Yes, it is. This is where our youth were. So we've got a massive barn, whatever it was, full of, full of, full of people. We see the cross at the front. We see the bright lights. We see the worship band. There's loads of people going for it. Maybe this is what worship looks like. What about next slide? Who's who? Where's Wally? Um, <laughs> is this what worship looks like? I mean, this is what we're used to when we join together. We raise our hands. We have the band. We, we join together. We, we worship. Is this now, now a warning now, I got a bit distracted looking at different churches and different... <laughs> so we've got a few different ones here. If you jump down to the next slide. This is apparently a church. It could also be the castle of Sauron from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> is that what worship looks like? What about the next one? This is a church in France that looks like a hippo. Can we, can we worship a hippo? Next one. This is India. It's getting crazy now. This is a church of Kapel Mata Church in India, which for some reason they've made look like an aeroplane or, or on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Any theology in this? <laughs> Noah's Ark, no? <laughs> we're not here to judge. Maybe it works in their setting. I don't know. But um, it's not what we're used to, is it? It's, worshiping that would be, I'd imagine, would be quite different to what we're used to. What about next time? Who wants to worship in this? 
<laughs> Bouncy church, would that be fun one sometime? Okay, now next one. What about this? We see, okay, we've seen the coronation. There are churches that exist like this. I think that's a bit of bread they're doing the... Um, now, I actually imagine this is probably what dinner time looks like in Greg's house. <laughs> but anyway, but is this worship? It's so different from what we do here. You know, are they right? Are we right? You know, is, is there a right? What about the next one? What about this one? No sign of a guitar anywhere. Is this, is this what worship looked like? I'm not sure that young chap in the rainbow jumper is really getting... Maybe he is, I don't know. What about the next one? Here, again, a completely different setting. Got, I, I believe yeah, an African church where people are dancing, people are moving around. They're not static like us. They don't stand in one place and shuffle from side to side occasionally. Maybe they're running around the room and shouting hallelujah. Is, is that worship? Should we be doing that? Should they be doing this? You know, what, what's the answer? And then last picture, just because I couldn't resist. <laughs> Anyone familiar? I see someone in the, um, the yellow and uh, blue stripes. I guess a big, big fan there. This, this is Striper, who are a Christian, American, you'd have thought that, American. American Christian metal band with hits called Tell With The Devil, Rock The Hell Out Of You, and Winter Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> But again, these guys, they were, they were pretty big. They did many albums. You can see they're called Striper. They're, um, they're Isaiah 53, verse 5. This is a Christian metal band. They did tours. They did many years. They did platinum albums. Everything they did was black and white stripes. Well, black and yellow stripes. Sorry, I'm not colorblind. But, you know, so some of these we look at and think, oh, yeah, that's familiar. We're, that's, that's okay. That's worship. Some of it we look like and think, well, actually, we might be quite uncomfortable in that setting. Whether it's a very traditional way of doing church, whether it's a heavy metal gig, you know, can these be worship? Which raises a lot of questions. So if we jump to the next slide. What, should, what does worship look like? You know, is it loud or is it quiet? Should it have music or, or unaccompanied singing? There are churches out there who don't touch any musical instruments. Should it be beautiful? You know, should we be trying to create the best music and the best worship we can? Or is that idolatry? Should it be on its own or should it be with others? Should it be liturgy where you, where you read through and you, um, you know, as in some churches, you, have, you read through and you, or, or should it be spontaneous? You know, should we actually not have any songs? We should just go with a guitar and, uh, or piano and see where the Lord leads us. And actually the one I struggle with most, is this an appropriate worship guitar rig? Here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would any, I won't do a straw poll of hands, but would anyone walk out if they saw me with a line of amps out the front here? <laughs> I mean, the thing I'm trying to highlight here is there are many ways of, that Christians worship God across many styles, many cultures. And actually, it's probably it's one of the most obvious differences that we have between one church to the other. But the, the thing is that worship, you know, worship can take many forms. You know, if you look in the Psalms, some of the Psalms are clearly very individual Psalms. You, know, you, you imagine there, and it's, um, you, know, you imagine David with his harp in the wilderness, just writing just to God, or, or David on the run from someone, and he's just in that place on his own. There's some of them that are written to be in the temple, you know, and there's directors of music, and there's for these different instruments, and, there's, and they're clearly meant to be massive celebration Psalms, where the whole people got together and worshipped together. 
Yeah, even, so even in the Bible, we find this big variety of what worship is like. And also there's something, I mean, in terms of cultures, you know, God brings different movements of the church for different cultures at different times. And they reflect different cultures and different societies that we're in. You imagine going back to the Victorian age, where it was a very austere time, you know, children should be seen and not heard. What if we turned up with our worship there? I think it would be a distraction. <laughs> I think it would raise eyebrows. Similarly, there are people today who still, you know, they, they live in that, in that kind of mindset. And actually, isn't it great that there's churches that they can go to and get a liturgy and they can approach God and they can worship God? It's great. We shouldn't expect everyone to be the same. We shouldn't, you know, it should actually, it's actually entirely right that the church and that worship reflects the culture and reflects the people it's with. And we shouldn't look down on what we don't understand. <laughs> Sometimes I think, you know, especially with the African, I, I love the thought of the African church. I don't know about the actual practicalities of it, but I love the joy. I love the kind of, that it's, it's out there. But is, is that me? You know, I, you know, I am who I am. I've been brought up by my kind of in Baptist church background and my kind of, you know, quite conservative sort of worldview, in, maybe. Should I be trying to be something that I'm not? Should I be trying to do that because it's joyful and because it glorifies God? Or, should I, or, or, or how does that work? Should I feel guilt about that if I don't feel like that's me? So, what do we do then? Let's jump to the next slide. We need to be authentic, right? Worship is approaching God. Anyone can worship. But we need to be authentic to who we are. We should bring the praise that comes, comes from, from us. Now, I think that all of those types, all of those pictures of worship, that can all be worship, absolutely. But we need to be authentic. If I came in here with a massive wig on and the yellow stripes, I don't think I'd be being authentic to me. You know, if you're a heavy metal rocker, then that is authentic to you and there's a place for that. But I don't think if I brought that here, I think that would just be a distraction from the worship. So it should be authentic to us. Now, authentic, for those who don't, don't know, means kind of who we are. It's, you, know, you sometimes see it on clothes or brand name. You know, this is authentic Nike or authentic Levi's. It's saying this is the real deal. This is who we are. This is what we are here. We need to be authentic to who we are. Now, that might... There's a challenge in this, though, because... We're not authentic just to who we are. We're authentic to who we are in God. I hope that some people weren't sighing of relief and going, and I'm not looking at you for any particular reason, Mike, but <laughs> I'm just a grumpy person. That means I can be authentic to my grumpy person. <laughs> I'm only joking, Mike, because uh, I know you're not. But is this it? If we, you know, are we not singers? Is that who we are? Are, are we grumpy people? So we, you know, so, so we... we we don't have to worship. We'll worship in our way. We'll just sit there quietly in a corner. Is that, is that us? I don't think so. Because that's, you know, who we are. God made us unique. But he's also made us to be who we are in God. You know, our praise should not be defined by who we were, but by who we are. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we hear this, have this passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. So yes, absolutely, we're all holding on to this baggage of the old person. And that will come out of us in each and different ways. But that shouldn't define our worship. We shouldn't be the grumpy ones so we don't worship, or so we just sit there quietly and it's all just going on, gone internally. 
when God commands us to sing, you know, it says in many psalms, sing to the Lord. You know, we, 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 we don't let the, um, the old us get in the way of that. Our praise should not be defined by our sin and our brokenness, but it should be defined by the life and the creation, the new creation in us. Now, and of course, in this, in this authenticity, God loves our individuality. And I'm not going to go into the depth of what's brokenness and what's individuality and everything. That, that's a personal thing for you to, to think about. But God doesn't want us all to be the same thing. He doesn't want us all to be um, Chris Tomlin or whoever else in our worship. He wants us to bring ourselves in there. Okay, so let's jump to the next slide if we can. So this brings another question. Does our worship need to be high quality? Now this, we see this on the internet. We see some churches like this that have got thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds of kit on the stage. They've got flash, you know, strobe lights, they've got smoke machines, they've got screens, they've got, they've got massive budgets and they produce some absolutely fantastic music and worship and you know, the, the, the time, well, certainly the music and everything. But the heart of this is, is this right? Should we be chasing this? Or should we even be going the opposite way? Should we be, you know, should, should it be high quality? On next slide, should we shun uh, high quality? Now, I went to some churches, and we, this was our little joke that we had. We used to sing, do you remember that song that goes, praise him on the trumpet, the sultry and harp? We would sing that song, but the only instrument that church would ever let in was an organ. And we would, being little kids of, I don't know, 13, we found it hilarious to sing, praise him on the organ, the organ and the organ. <laughs> and we were, yeah, we think we were very clever. But that, that's some people's view, that actually. And, and even organ was beyond it for some churches. Some churches don't have any musical instruments. You know, should we be shunning high quality? Now, one thing is clear to me, which is we, worship, we shouldn't idolize the worship. When the, mu- when the music or the act of worship becomes the thing that you're coming to church for and the thing that you're listening to, you're doing it wrong. There's one purpose for worship, which is to approach God and to glorify God. Not glorify the guitarist or the singer or the drummer, to glorify God. So that's the first thing to say. But beyond that, we should actually bring our best to God. You know, God has given, this is a God who created such a diverse, such a beautiful creation. Part of what we're doing in, 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 in worship is taking our little, the little that he's given us and offering it back to God. So I, I, I believe that we should, you know, we should be doing the best we can. You know, we, we, we shouldn't be you know, shunning music and just having one instrument. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with worshipping that, and there's, sometimes there's a beauty and a simplicity in that. But we, we shouldn't be afraid to actually express him in worship in, in, in all the ways that God, God, God has given us. Now, if you look back in the Bible, we won't go there, but Exodus 26 is a good example. That's the instructions for how to build the tabernacle. And God spends a whole chapter of the Bible telling them exactly how to do it. And there's the finest of woods, there's the finest of bronze, there's gold. I mean, it doesn't skimp on the gold there. There's curtains, there's everything. That was the tent that they worshipped in. God was encouraging them to bring their best, to bring their beauty to him. So when we do that in the sage and when we sing ourselves, we, we bring the best that we can because we want to turn that back to God. And God cares about beauty. He created it, he commanded it, and we, we, we give that back to him the best we can. 
Now, next slide. This is a calendar. This is a calendar that Max over there made me, I think six or seven years ago. I don't know exactly. What we've got here, is, so there's a box, there's a little hand there to Daddy. Happy Christmas, love Max. He's got a, he's got a drawing and he fold it over and yeah, it's got, got his artwork on it throughout. Now what I want to say is that this is not the best calendar that money can buy. You can buy better calendars with nicer text, with even, Max, I'm sorry to say this, but there's even better art exists out there than that, that house. <laughs> but that's not the point. This calendar is something that I've held on to for six or seven years. It's actually at my desk at, at work. I've held on to this calendar not because it's a good calendar, although it's pretty good. It's good for a four-year-old, whatever you were. But I've, because of the love, because Max bought it, Max made it, he gave it as a gift for me. The same with our worship. Yes, we should chase high quality when we can. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't idolatrize it. Idol, idolize it. That's the one. <laughs> but also, don't, you know, don't be afraid of it. But also, don't be afraid of the other extent. God, even what we do here, even the best we can do, to God is nothing, is it? To someone who can create the whole of creation, flowers, the skies, everything he's done. Wow, we're, we're at this stage here. We're, we're doing our crayon pictures with a bit of scribble on it. This is all we can do. But don't let that hold you back. I loved receiving that calendar from Max and I held on to it. So, have no fear if you're worshipping, if your voice is a bit out of tune. If, you're, um, if that's the best you can give, God loves it. Now, coming into land, but we've got a couple more slides first. Going back to school. So, next slide, please. This, well, this is not actually a picture of my school. I just tried to find a, find a bored-looking school. Uh, <laughs> which is actually hard to find most times when, the, when people take pictures of their school. They try to get them looking enthusiastic. But this one looks fairly bored. Now, this was my school song. I went to Rains Foundation School in London, and we had a school song. Since upon the throne of England, first was hailed the name of George. Reigns with unabated ardour, set to work, a chain to forge. Link by link, the chain of honour, ere two centuries to span. Ever Rainians learn their duty, duty both to God and man. And I can still remember this song. Now, I don't know, do you still sing in school? That's... I guess home eds do. Yeah. No, you don't. Secondary school, do you still sing? Yeah? I don't know if it's changed. I doubt it's changed. But we had a collective mumble that we'd learn. If you didn't sing, you'd get into trouble. You'd get into detention. If your mouth was moving somewhat, then you're okay. You're just okay. But you did not want to show enthusiasm for it. So we'd be there going, and that would be the whole school, be a collective mumble. We'd have the pianist up on the stage bashing away on it, one of the teachers. But we would mumble, and that was fine. We got by. We were okay. We... Now, I remember, and this is ingrained on my brain, when my parents came to, we had like a school prize giving or something, and everyone brought their parents in. And now my parents are missionaries, they're Christians, and they um, are... In... <laughs> They're enthusiastic singers. So there, <laughs> there we were in this massive hall with all my friends. The song starts, up they were on their feet. Since upon the throne of England first was hailed the name of George. And I could hear it all the eyes burning in on me and my family. Reigns with honour, baited honour, set to work a chain to forge. And you can see why it was, um, why it's still imprinted on me now. 
But there was a mumble, and there were people standing on their own, and there were eyes burning in, there was embarrassment, there was all that comes with that. But, you know, I've, I've worked through that over the years. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, Mark. Next slide, please. Let's leave allegiances aside. I chose this not because I'm a Liverpool fan, but because this is the best corporate singing you'll find in the secular world. I don't know if you're familiar, but before every Liverpool game, there's this song, You'll Never Walk Alone. And if you've ever been to the stadium, you stand there with 60,000 people, and the hairs stand up on, your, on the back of your neck, and everyone just sings out at the top of their voices. And it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling to be there. You know, the whole air is shaking around you. Now, what's the difference here? Because basically, these are the same people. You know, the, the people who went to my school and were mumbling that school song are the same. You know, we're all the same people. They're the same people who will go into whatever football ground it is, and they will sing their hearts out. What's the difference? I mean, two things, I think. One is there's passion for what they're singing about. So when, when you're a Liverpool fan and you've got this song, you'll never walk alone, that means something to people. They're passionate about it. But secondly as well, they know it makes a difference. They know if they can create an atmosphere where there's, you know, where the other team are kind of almost, you know, it, it, it can make the other teams, it can intimidate them. And they know that the roar that comes from the stand will support their side and will intimidate the other side and actually will make a difference to the outcome of the match. Now this is the kind of the last question before I sum up. But what do we want our church to be like? You know, the Bible says sing. It doesn't, you know... We can be the school assembly, mumbling, doing the, doing the smallest we can, or we can be the people who believe in what we're singing, who sing out at the top of our voice, who love what we're doing, who love God. You know, we want to be, I want to be, I want to be that. I, I, want that I, I don't want to be standing up and hearing my own voice. I want to be here with everyone, doing this together and, and, and really going for it. So I'm going to come into land and then we're actually going to go back into a time of worship. So maybe if the worship team could just come back up while, while we're doing this. Just really to summarise, so all of the kids who were maybe um, distracted, and this isn't the time, you can look at this and then you can tell your parents and you can act like you listened to the whole thing. Three questions, three answers, and actually on all of these there's so much more we could have done. But who can worship? Anyone can who is right through God, who is, who is pure. Who do we worship? We worship God, the creator, the saviour, the lord of all, the only one who is worthy of praise. And how do we worship? We worship authentically to who we are in Christ. One of the things that uh, Steve just said there just now, he's talking about the, the enemy, <laughs> whoever Liverpool is playing, is that their enemy? Um, but he talked about intimidating but you know, one of the things that we believe in worship, and this is really the heart of what these guys have been showing, is that we take ground spiritually. We take ground because there is a declaration that we're making. And that's what we've been saying, that Jesus is Lord, that he's Lord of my life. Uh, and so we're taking ground. So uh, there is a declaring of truth. So as these guys lead us again in worship, I want us just to come again and thank God for our salvation. That's what we do. We come, we thank God for that salvation, and we, we take ground. And even in our own areas of our lives, where 
We've, we've given over ground even maybe this week. Let's take it back in Jesus' name, amen? <laughs> let's, let's take it back. But in this building, but it's not just about a building, is it? In the heavenly realms, we're taking ground. We're taking ground for God as we declare his name. Jesus said, as I am lifted up, what did he say? I will draw all men and women to myself. And so as we lift him up, there's a drawing to him. Okay, come on, let's stand and let these guys lead. And let's really respond. Um, if you're not a big singer, don't feel you're suddenly being told you have to sing big songs. But let's respond. I love that phrase. Let's let worship cause us to be authentic in our response to God. We come with our bodies. We come with our voices. We come with our hearts. If you want to, to give financially this morning, that's another area of worship. Um, there is a dab box, electronic box at the back you can use. There is a wooden box that you can put cash in. Um, but you can also respond in terms of your own heart and say, Lord, I've been holding on to things. I want to come again and give to you. I want to give to you. I want to give my heart again. I want to give my life again. So just, Father, thank you for Steve and Zoe. I want to thank you for them as a family. Thank you for what, how they've led us this morning, Lord, and they've led us to you. I just pray, help us as we take these moments to come right into your presence and to give you all the glory that you are worthy of. Amen.